This is the Podcasters Club, brought to you by Precision Podcasting. I am your host, Kane Power, and in this episode, we're going to cover the equipment you need to create a quality podcast. Full disclosure, since this is a solo podcast made up almost entirely of my voice, I've done you a solid and had a few wines. Hopefully that will make it a bit more entertaining as you figure out all the shiny new gear that you need. One second, I'm just going to look top up here. For example, if you're a solo podcaster on a budget, a USB mic might work for you. If you're planning to create an in-person interview podcast, you'll need a microphone for each speaker. If you're planning to travel a lot and record podcasts on the go, a portable recorder might suit you better than a desktop audio interface. And if all of those things sound like gibberish to you right now, don't worry, we're going to get there. I also want to preface this episode by reiterating my ethos on capturing a quality recording. Everyone has the right to start a podcast using their smartphone to record and publish, and if you're just making a podcast for fun and don't really expect anyone to listen, then by all means, go down that path. It's cheap and easy. However, if you have even the slightest aspiration of getting people to listen to your podcast, you'll need to produce your audio at a quality people will want to listen to, and that means taking some care with your recording. The level of your investment is up to you. One of my most successful podcasters uses a $75 microphone and a cheap set of earbuds to great effect. Another requires thousands of dollars worth of microphones and preamps to produce the quality that they and their listeners expect. So hopefully having listened to the previous episodes of this podcast, you have an idea of the type of podcast you're going to create and the type of people you're creating it for. Oh, and I'm going to include what gear I use and what I think of it as well as we go along. So, let's get into the fun stuff. Your computer. Most of us will need a computer to capture our audio. I will touch on iPads and iPhones later on, but for now, let's just say that even if we don't need a computer to record our audio... We need one to edit the audio and to add our intro and our outro and our music and convert it into an acceptable format and upload it to our podcast distributor. Most of us have some sort of laptop or desktop computer these days, and so my general rule is almost any computer that's newer than five years old should be able to handle the software required to record simple audio. Don't come at me with your various models of notebooks and airs and surfaces. Whatever you've got should be okay if it was made in the last five years and has some USB inputs. I say this while recording on a now six-year-old MacBook Pro. But ideally, you're going to have a machine with an i5 processor or better and 8 gigabytes of RAM or more, bonus points for an SSD hard drive. So that's the first task. Find out your machine specs and make sure it's going to handle some audio software. Speaking of... Software. To record your audio, you're going to need some dedicated audio software, often referred to as a digital audio workstation, or DAW for short. 
There are a lot of different options, many of which we're going to cover in the next episode when I'll have a host of podcast editing experts discussing their preferred doors and why they love them. So keep an ear out for that one coming very soon. But for now, when you're starting out, there are two popular options that are perfect for beginners. Audacity and GarageBand. I believe GarageBand is Mac only, but Audacity can be downloaded for PC or Mac. These programs will give you everything you need to get started recording and editing podcasts and are super user friendly. <laughs> friendly? Friendly. Friendly. Wine. Okay. Audio software will capture the audio you're inputting and store it, allowing you to make edits and changes to the sound, add music and titles, and give you the ability to export your audio as an MP3 master file that you can then upload to your distribution platform. That sounded more complicated than it actually is, but bear with me, we're going to get to it and it will make sense, I promise. Next, the things we use to actually record our voices. The first one being... USB mics. Entry into the world of microphones, and in my opinion, the minimum requirement for entry into the world of podcasting starts with USB mics. These are mics that plug directly into the USB port on your computer. Higher-end USB mics can produce good quality if you know how to use them, but the majority are more for function, affordability, and portability than high-quality sound. There are two main reasons podcasters who use USB mics fail to capture good quality sound. The first is that they don't use the microphone correctly, and the second is that the majority of the mics advertised as podcasting mics are condenser microphones, which most often aren't suitable for beginner podcasters. So let's just spend a second and delve a little bit deeper into that. There are two main types of microphones, condenser and dynamic. Condenser microphones are much more sensitive than dynamic mics, and therefore will pick up more of your environment. So, if you're outside of a recording studio or a well-treated room, a condenser mic might pick up cars driving past your house, birds outside, your neighbor's dog barking, your refrigerator humming, as well as highlighting aspects of your environment like echo and sound reflections, which are usually things you want to avoid. Most podcasters are recording in their homes in untreated rooms. Condenser mics advertise that fact to the listeners. Dynamic mics, however, are much less sensitive, which is why I recommend using dynamic mics for podcasting. Keep them nice and close to your mouth, and they'll be forgiving of you recording in your lounge. As an example, I'm using a dynamic mic right now. If I move further away, you can start to hear, I get pretty far away. What am I, like one foot? Oh, I don't even measure in feet. Um, 30 centimeters or something. I'm about there. And then moving to the side a little bit, you can hear me even less. Here we come, and coming in nice and close. See how it sounds nice and rich there? That's what a dynamic mic does. Okay, some USB mics worth researching are the Audio-Technica ATR2100, the Samson Q2U, and the Rode Podcaster USB. Personally, the only USB mic I own is a Blue Snowball. I bought it for about 80 New Zealand dollars. It works. <laughs> um, 
You know what? It's a great little mic. It sounds good if you know how to use it. A little bit of EQ, a little bit of compression, speak nice and close to the microphone with a pop filter in front of it. There's nothing really wrong with it. It will do you well. I've recorded an entire audiobook and multiple podcasts just using that mic when I had no interface or computer that could handle it. So USB mics are great for traveling and doing those little jobs, you know, auditions, interviews. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. Now, however, on to professional microphones, otherwise known as... Microphones. <laughs> the world of microphones is vast and every mic is different. Okay, I'm going to talk lots more about podcasting mics in future episodes as we get into the audio geek realm. But for now, let's just do a quick overview of what they do and which you should choose. A microphone converts your voice into an audio signal for recording or reproduction. Your phone has a mic. Your laptop has a mic. But these are low quality and functional. Since we're in the business of audio, we need to use a higher quality microphone to capture that sweet, sweet voice of yours. The fundamental rule of recording is good quality in equals good quality out. Meaning that if you start with quality, in this case with the microphone that captures your voice, your podcast will sound better. Simple. Professional microphones have what's called an XLR connection, which is audio-specific and requires an XLR cable to connect it to an audio interface, which then connects via USB to your computer. More on audio interfaces in a sec. We talked about dynamic versus condenser microphones just before, and with professional mics, it's no different. For podcasting, I'd recommend a dynamic mic. There are lots of different brands, but some good examples to start with are the Shure SM58, a classic, the AKG D5, which I own and love, the Rode PodMic, and the Rode Procaster, both excellent mics from Rode out of Australia. If you want to go for more of a professional broadcasting mic, look into the Shure SM7B, which is what I'm speaking into right now, and the Electrovoice RE20. Legendary. So a, a little side note on my SM7B. They cost an absolute packet, but they're pretty good. <laughs> I, I like them. They sound good on almost everybody. You can EQ them pretty easily. Uh, they've got EQs on the back of them. You don't need it uh, if you're just starting out and figuring out how to make audio sound good. Maybe just start with something a bit cheaper. I think these run for about $1,000 uh, in New Zealand anyway. But I think they're worth it. And as a side side note, is that a thing? If you don't listen to the podcast 20,000 Hertz, check it out. Fantastic podcast. And they have a fantastic episode on the Shure SM7B. One more thing on mics. You need a microphone for each voice on your podcast. So if you plan on recording three people at the same time, you need three mics. If you're doing a solo show or interviewing people remotely, you might only need the one. Next, we have... Interfaces. As I just mentioned, audio interfaces are the link between your microphone and your computer. Interfaces have what we call microphone preamps, which are amplifiers for your mic. Amplifiers? Which are amplifiers for your mic, allowing you to adjust the input gain. This is handy if you have someone who is a quiet speaker and need to turn up the level, or someone who is a loud speaker and want to lower the gain so you're not getting distortion. 
Interfaces also have a headphone output, so you can monitor your audio directly using your headphones. As with everything else in the audio world, there's only about 20,000 options to choose from when it comes to interfaces. The main thing you need to consider is how many inputs you need. If you're a solo podcaster and you don't plan to ever record more than one mic at the same time, you'll only need one input. If you want to record six people all talking simultaneously, you'll need six inputs. A good place to start is with two, just in case you want to have a guest. The next is, what what, what do we mean the, the next? Oh, the main thing. Okay, so I said the main thing before. The next thing is connectivity. Although we can get unlimited dongle connection options these days, it's a good idea to choose an interface that will actually connect to your computer. Mine is Thunderbolt, for example, so my computer needs Thunderbolt ports, or I need to buy a Thunderbolt to USB-C dongle, or whatever my computer takes, and yeah. The last consideration for an interface is price. You can spend anywhere from a couple of hundred dollars up to tens of thousands. I'm going to suggest some good quality entry-level interfaces and a couple of mid-level options. For the entry-level, we have the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 the highest selling interface in the world. I own one and it's great. Other options include the Audient ID4 and the SSL 2 Plus. For something more towards the mid-range, I can personally recommend the Universal Audio Apollo Twin, which is my daily driver and what I'm recording through right now. Some other options are the Rodecaster Pro and the Apogee Symphony. Okay, next up. Headphones. Wearing headphones when you're recording allows you to hear your own voice as it's being recorded. This might sound like your worst nightmare, but it's actually a great advantage as it allows you to hear any mistakes you're making and correct them. For example, a common mistake people make while speaking into a microphone is to move back and forth changing their proximity to the mic. This not only changes the sound of your voice, but the level at which it's being recorded requiring more compression in post-production and a less natural-sounding voice. When you can hear yourself clearly in your headphones, you'll recognise you're doing it and hopefully stop. (laughs) In an ideal world, every speaker with a microphone will have headphones on and be able to hear themselves and others. This isn't a rule, but it's absolutely the best scenario and, obviously, what I recommend. Now, you don't need to go out and buy the most expensive headphones on the market. In fact, those are likely to be the fanciest, noise-reducing Bluetooth headphones, which you actually don't want for professional audio production. But neither would I recommend relying on the old earbuds you got with your iPhone, or the new earpods either. These are for portability and convenience, not high-fidelity audio. You deserve better You can really use anything, but I'd recommend getting some over-ear, closed-back headphones. Write that down. Over-the-ear, closed-back headphones. Aim for something like the Sony MDR7506, the Audio-Technica ATH series, of which I'm wearing, uh, let's see, what what are they? The uh, ATH M50X. I'm wearing those right now to record. Or the Bayer Dynamic DT770 Pros. Uh, the Bay Dynamics, I also own a few of them. Um, I've got the DT880 Pros right in front of me. I use those for uh, mixing podcasts or editing podcasts. They are fantastic. Right, it's all the 
it's also <laughs> wines. It's also worth noting. It's also worth noting. Can you tell that I'm reading from something that I wrote? Yes, that's fine. Otherwise, it would be a fucking mess. Anyway, it's also worth noting here that when you're recording remotely, your guests must always wear headphones. No exceptions. This is to avoid their mic picking up your voice, something that will ruin a recording. Even if they just have earbuds, it doesn't matter. It's better than nothing. No headphones, no recording. Next. Headphone amps. We're starting to get into the nitty gritty here, but there are a few important points left to make, so please bear with me. Headphone amps take the signal from the headphone output on your interface and distribute it to multiple outputs, each with its own volume control. Think of it like a splitter. This means that you can connect multiple headphones. Super handy if you have more than one speaker recording at the same time. If you're going to be recording multiple people in person, you just need something simple. And thankfully, they're pretty low cost. Go for the Behringer HA400 microamp, which is what I am using right now, or the Mackie HM4, which is the exact same thing in a different color with a different brand on it. And on to... Pop filters. Pop filters are the thin foam or fabric barrier between your lips and your microphone. They help reduce plosives like you get from saying precision podcasting. Let's try that again. Precision podcasting. I had to kind of try with that one because the SM7 has a big pop filter on the front. Precision podcasting. You, you get the idea. Plosives. Start with P words. Pop filters come in two varieties. One that looks like a pantyhose stretched over a little circle that we call them windscreens or pop filters. And the type that looks like little foam socks that fit over the end of the mic. We call those wind socks. Ah, it's wind socks. <laughs> okay, I'd recommend using a pop filter for every mic every time you use it. There are so many different brands. I'm not going to recommend one. I'm not going to say which ones I have. Just don't pay more than $50 for one unless you want to be so fancy. Stands. The last of the seemingly inconsequential gear. But still essential to audio production. Mic stands. Man, my voice is shot. Okay. This may seem basic. Using a stand means that you don't have to hold the microphone in your hand, which causes all sorts of handling noise. Horrible, right? No one wants to hear that. Look for desktop mic stands or boom arm stands and decide which works best for you. I would say that boom arm stands are easier to adjust as desktop stands can often be too short. But they are a bit less portable. Okay, there are two more things I want to talk about, both very important. Firstly, Portable recorders. Portable recorders are great. I love them and I recommend them all the time. These days, portable recorders are super high quality and often compare to the desktop interfaces I talked about before. I wrote above. That doesn't make sense in a podcast before. Anyway, I recommend Zoom portable recorders like the PodTrack, the H4n, the H6 and the H8. The H6, for example, is the recorder I recommend the most. It has four XLR inputs for your microphones. It records to a micro SD card. It is super easy to use and it fits 
in your hand. For a portable podcasting kit, you honestly cannot get any better. If you plan to travel with your podcasting setup, get a portable recorder. And lastly, iPads, iPhones, etc. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about this type of podcasting. I'm an audio snob, honestly, and I just haven't paid any attention to the lowly, debauched world of recording to your iPad or your iPhone or smartphone, to be fair. But I do have to acknowledge that huge strides have been made in this space, with some podcasters going so far as recording and editing their shows entirely on their devices with pretty good results. Sounds like a whole lot of work to me, but maybe to some it's easier, I don't know. Mics like the Shure MV7 can apparently connect to your device via lightning connection and provide high quality audio. Some mics can even connect via mini jack through your headphone port if you have one, although I have never heard of this sounding very good. So if you want an ultra-minimal, ultra-portable setup with decent quality, I suppose, it can be done. I will say, however, and this applies to the awesome Zoom portable recorders as well, your recording environment plays a huge part in how your recording will sound. Don't expect studio quality recording in a park or a bar or a dance studio or a conference room. So if you're out and about recording, go for somewhere quiet, small, and furnished. Okay, that's it. Hopefully you made it through and haven't just given up all hope. I've gone through lots of options and I don't want to confuse you, so if you have any questions, just send me an email and I'll try to help. Kane at precisionpodcasting.com Because I know all of this is a little bit confusing and it's a lot to take in, and especially if you're just listening, where if you're at the gym or you're mowing the lawns or going to work or something, I don't know, whatever you, you're doing, um, I've made a little PDF for you. Uh, it's free. You can download it from the website. I'm going to put a link in the show description. It's pretty much going to cover everything that I talked about in this episode, um, maybe with a couple of pictures or something. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I'm committing too much. Retreat, back away. So yeah, go to the show description, click on the link to go to the webpage where you can download a PDF that will have all the information you need that was included in this podcast. Tools of the trade. It's what you need. Just remember that the most important thing when it comes to gear is that you're being conscious about your audio decisions and making choices appropriate for your podcast. If that means a $100 USB mic in your closet, then power to you, honestly. Make a recording, listen back, and see how it sounds. Equally, if you want to get set up like a pro from the start and ensure quality audio from day one, power to you as well, and I not so secretly love you. Next up on the Podcasters Club, we're talking to podcast editors about which software they use and why. Till then. This podcast was created by Precision Podcasting. We make podcasts sound better. For more about what we do, resources on podcasting, and if you'd like to get in touch, visit precisionpodcasting.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash precision podcasting Yes, that's spelled the way it sounds. If you'd like to hear more episodes, especially episodes where Kane has had a whole lot of wine, make sure to hit subscribe and let me know. Thanks for listening. <laughs>